0: 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 123 To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. As the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of your mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God. Until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are, it is, of the contempt of their proud.
1: Reading the Word. First reading Ezekiel chapter 2. And when God spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed. Against me to this very day, the descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and we shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been
2: a prophet among them. Second reading. Second Corinthians chapter 12 In the view of the exceptional character of the revelations given to me to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Saturn to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this that it would leave me, but he says to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, Persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong.
0: Gospel, Mark chapter 6. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages, teaching
1: hearing the word strength in weakness weakness and adversity are usually perceived as an obstacle and hindrance to success at the same time these negative factors are an integral part of the human and christian experience Today's liturgy addresses these troubling aspects of life, providing some useful insights on dealing with and responding to them. The first reading contains a part of the prophetic call of Ezekiel. God addresses the prophet as the son of man, often translated as mortal. The book of Ezekiel Employs this term to highlight the point that the prophet is an ordinary human being chosen to carry out the divine designs and purposes. God describes the prophet's mission with striking honesty without hiding or softening its hard reality. Ezekiel is sent to a stubborn people who rebelled against God, as did their ancestors before them. Hence, Ezekiel's words will fall on deaf ears. His message will be opposed and rejected. Still, God's word must be delivered, even to an obstinate and foolish generation. The people who disowned their God must be made aware that the disasters Ezekiel proclaims are the consequence of their own wrongdoing. They will acknowledge Ezekiel as a prophet, but this recognition of him will not lead to acceptance, but to rejection and ridicule. God's message to the prophet at his commissioning is both foreboding and reassuring. Embarking and on his prophetic career, Ezekiel knows that he faces a hard and bitter future. At the same time, he knows that he represents God and carries out God's work. This awareness is to be his strength amid the trials of his ministry. In 2 Corinthians, Paul engages in a fierce and bitter dispute with the Corinthian community. Even though he was its founder, the apostle was rejected by his convents, who welcomed and pledged loyalty to new leaders. These super apostles, as Paul calls them, appeared to have the ability to speak in more eloquently and persuasively than Paul himself, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5. The Corinthians, always easily impressionable, were swayed by them and disowned their founder.
2: Responding to this most unfair treatment, Paul writes a moving passage honestly, acknowledging his shortcomings. He writes about a certain weakness, a thorn in the flesh, which afflicts him. It is impossible to know exactly what this thorn was. Many speculative and contradictory explanations are offered, but some things can be known for certain. Since this thorn afflicted Paul's flesh, it almost certainly was some form of a physical ailment or disability. It also appears that this defect could be easily seen by others. Easily perceptible, this defect brought Paul humiliation and perhaps even ridicule. It made many think less of Paul. Perhaps this defect Led the Corinthians to reject Paul in favor of more dignified and faultless rival apostles. Finally, Paul calls this obstacle a messenger of Satan. In the scriptures, Satan is always understood as God's adversary, he impedes God's work among the people. Satan's messenger must be something that frustrates Paul's apostolic efforts. Saturn is also associated with bringing illness upon people. Job chapter 2, Luke chapter thirteen which makes it even more likely that the thorn is a physical defect. Whatever it was, Paul's affliction was a humiliation for him and made his ministry less effective and more difficult. Paul repeatedly prayed to be rid of it, yet God did not respond favorably to these requests. The thorn was there to stay. This made Paul seek for a deeper understanding of his apostleship and the role of obstacles and suffering in the Christian ministry. He realized that adversity worked to his advantage as it made it obvious that his ministry was not carried out with his own strength. His unquestionable success as an evangelizer was not down to his admirable appearance and eloquence. Perhaps the people looking at Paul and seeing his disadvantages, realized that the effectiveness of his ministry could only be attributed to God working through this weak man. Hence, Paul embraced his weaknesses as the evidence of God's power working through him. Paradoxically, the weakness became the source of his strength, and his sufferings a sign of his union with Christ. After all, in Christ's death, the same paradoxical principle was at work. The cross, the instrument of humiliation, defeat and death, were transformed through God's power into a means to victory. Similarly, Paul's suffering and defects made his ministry effective as they made him count on God's power rather than his own strength and potential.
0: Jesus' homecoming was not a successful one. Arriving in the village where he grew up, Jesus was immediately recognized by the Nazarenes as one of their own. His family were still there and they spoke of him as the son of Mary, suggesting that Joseph had already died. But Jesus did not come for an unofficial family visit. He came with his disciples and entered the synagogue to teach. He was now a recognized teacher and a famous miracle worker. Even though his fellow villagers knew this very well, They refused to accept his new identity. The question, where did this man get all this, followed the inquiries about the source of Jesus' wisdom and power, revealed that the people of Nazareth reacted against Jesus out of jealousy. One of their own had become very successful, and they did not like it. By calling him a man, they refused him, the owner he deserved as a teacher and miracle worker, as God's emissary. Ironically, those who knew him best understood him least. What blinded the Nazarenes was short-sightedness and jealousy, as often happens when one member of a group becomes more successful and important than the other members. Such rejection and refusal to acknowledge Jesus so impended the effectiveness of God's power that Jesus could not perform any miracles there. However, the Nazarene's obstinacy did not impair God's work in the world. Far from it, Jesus continued his mission among the surrounding villages whose inhabitants were properly more receptive to God's work than Jesus' own folk. Today's liturgy teaches three important lessons about weakness and adversity in the Christian life. The prophet Ezekiel's story highlights that God's mission must be carried out in all circumstances and despite rejection. Paul teaches that personal weaknesses and shortcomings do not necessarily impede effective apostleship. On the contrary, these obstacles can be turned into advantage as the apostle's weakness demands reliance on God for strength and guidance. Faith can be greatly strengthened when adversity and weakness make one reach out to God. Even Jesus suffered from adversity and rejection, stemming from rivalry and jealousy. While he was not affected by them personally, the Nazarenes saw so hindered God's work that it became ineffective for them. God's work continued among those who were open and willing to respond to Jesus with faith. This demonstrates that weakness, rejection, and obstacles are never powerful enough to prevent God's designs from being fulfilled. Considering the inevitability of adversity, Jesus' followers need to pray for God's grace to turn their weaknesses into strength with the words of the psalmist. To you I lift up my eyes, all you who are enthroned in the heavens.
1: Listening to the Word of God. This Sunday, we reflect on the theme of strength in weakness. In our society, strengths and weaknesses are usually set in opposition to one another. However, in the biblical understanding, they are often presented as complementary. In African culture, Men are believed to be strong, therefore, they are not permitted to show any signs of weakness in public. For example, men are not supposed to cry in public, no matter how intense the pain, physical or emotional, that they feel. Tears and lamenting are perceived as signs of weakness, and yet, The acknowledgment of pain and shortcomings often present a chance for growth and development. Hiding them serves no purpose. Paul, when afflicted with his thorn, prayed to God and heard the words, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. As in the case of the apostle Pain can teach us to turn to God whenever we experience weakness and suffering. We can draw upon God's strength when we turn to God in persistent prayer. We must never deny or try to hide our pain from God, but openly acknowledge it in prayer and seek consolation and strength in our faith. Honest reflection on our strengths and weakness leads to self-awareness. In the company of others, we tend to talk only about our strengths, highlighting our success and talents. But true self-awareness is holistic in nature and helps us embrace our weaknesses. Therefore, we must never deceive ourselves with the claims to perfection. God did not create perfect human beings, but human beings with a potential for perfection. To be complete or perfect, we must acknowledge our strengths and weaknesses and work to find a balance and turn them both to our advantage.
2: Obstacles and shortcomings humble us, but they are often used as excuses for not doing what is required of us. All too often we say, I have nothing to offer, or others are better than I. Many say, I am too shy or too afraid to share the word of God in public. The biblical examples of Ezekiel and Paul challenged such excuses. Weakness can be overcome by a willing person. Shortcomings are no excuse for inactivity and laxity. Even when we experience obstacles, today's liturgy challenges us to find a way past what blocks or frightens us. As Christians, we need self-awareness to help us to understand that we are called to be instruments that God uses to reach out to his people. Our duty is to accept God's invitation of being a prophet among the rebellious, the impudent and the unbelieving, and to testify to our faith without hiding or compromising what we have received. Such compromises happen when we are afraid. People will reject and despise us because of our faults and imperfections. A part of our calling as Christians is to share in the sufferings of Christ. Paul was keenly aware of that fact. Christ was rejected by his own and could not work among them but he did not abandon his work. As we recognize our own strength and weaknesses, we are invited to change our perceptions of ourselves and others and believe that our efforts, even if seemingly futile, will bear good fruits. These might be known only to God and those who benefited from them. Strength works through weaknesses, and God works through both. Aware way of this, we ought to continually have in mind Paul's words. I am content with my own weakness. Such acceptance will make us versatile and capable of dealing with all that life throws at us.
0: The Weakness of an Enemy Forms
1: part of our strength. Action Self examination. What is my response to the weaknesses of my body and spirit? What are my strengths and my weaknesses? Am I able to openly acknowledge them both? Response to God. During this week, I will carefully observe myself and write down a list of my strengths and weaknesses in order to understand myself in a holistic way. Response to Your World. I will identify and focus on one of my weaknesses and attempt to find a way to use it to my advantage as a group we will organize a workshop or seminar inviting a competent person to instruct us on the ways to achieve greater self-awareness heavenly father we thank and glorify your wonderful name we
0: praise and thank you for making us realize our limitations and weaknesses for we know that without you we can do nothing and our weaknesses will overpower and burden us give us strength to rise above our weaknesses and see them
1: as opportunities to draw closer to you show us the way to use them, to save you and your people better. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.